0: And welcome back to Brainchild with me, Patricia. I just want to start off by congratulating everyone on making it through April. Can you believe we've lived through a third of 2021? In the last episode, I talked about some changes that have happened to me and received a lot of positive feedback from you guys going through a similar situation as a soon-to-be grad or a recent grad, young professional, And I've also taken myself on a yoga retreat ever since then, over the last weekend, to declutter my thoughts, and I am back energized and clear-minded as ever. And I can't wait to share my next steps over the next couple of months on this show. In this episode, I bring to you another friend of mine, Thomas Chen, He has been creating NBA and basketball videos on his YouTube channel, The T-Ball. It is the T-Ball with no spaces when you write it out. And Thomas has been running this channel for five years now and he's so disciplined. He's got an exciting sponsorship offers and is currently working with Nickelodeon as a YouTube strategy intern. And so I had so many questions to pick his brain about from running a successful YouTube channel and how that opened up other work and business opportunities. But also, while we were filming this episode, he surprised me with really good questions about my experience running Brainchild and podcasting. So this has been such a fun back and forth. And seriously, when you think of someone who is entrepreneurial and creative, I automatically think of Thomas. And plus, I got to hear about basketball, which is a terry on top. And finally, he is a junior from Cornell, you guessed it, Cornell's Dyson School of Applied Economics concentrating in finance and marketing. Now let's bring him in. Hello, Thomas.
1: Hey Show. what's up?
0: <laughs> I'm great. Uh, it's my first time recording this early in the morning and I'm feeling energized. How are you?
1: I'm doing all right. Oh yeah, I forgot it's uh, in the morning there. <laughs> yeah, in Korea, yeah. yeah.
0: You're spending time in Long Island, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm remote right now, so I'm not taking any classes, just working part time. So um, yeah, I've had a lot more time. It's good to just chill at home, um, do some of my other things on the side, and um, yeah, it's been pretty relaxing. And hopefully, we'll finish up in the fall.
0: That's good. First, I want to introduce your channel. You're running a YouTube channel on uh, that's called the T Ball. Do you want to introduce it yourself briefly?
1: For sure. So um, basically, I've had this. I started this YouTube channel back in July of 2016. Um, it was basically on NBA basketball, but at first. It was mainly on Jeremy Lin and the Brooklyn Nets. Where I wanted to start off with a you know niche kind of content in the sports field, and also Jeremy Lin was my favorite player back then, and it still is now. Um, but you know, once he got injured, I started to expand. Once I had a bigger um, subscriber base and view base viewer base, um, I expanded to general NBA content. Now focusing mainly on the Lakers and the Warriors, um, and it's been super fun. It's grown to over 50k subscribers, over 25 million views, and. Um, I've worked with a a bunch of other great companies as well so it's definitely been a fun ride and something I plan to continue to do after I'm done with college.
0: Very, very awesome. When did you start getting into basketball?
1: Yeah so I got in mainly once Jeremy Lin burst on the scene back in February of 2012. Um, I remember my dad and you know his mom or my grandma um, were super into Jeremy Lin um, because you know he's big uh his representation for you know, Asians in sports and especially in basketball where there's not too many uh, Asians there. Um, So then they got me into it. I started watching. I got hooked, not just on Jeremy Lin, but also on basketball as a whole and all the other teams. So um, so that's basically where I got started. And I've always followed Jeremy Lin since then. But, you know, I've always, uh, you know, found interest with other teams. And that's why I started making, you know, other content uh, besides just on Lin, but on, um, you know, in the NBA as a whole and also at times college basketball as well.
0: I see. I saw you had a second channel uh, named Jeremy Lynn. Oh okay.
1: yeah. That, yeah. So that channel was supposed to be my backup channel back in twelfth grade where um at that point the T Ball was gonna be mainly focused on general NBA content. And that second channel was supposed to be mainly focused on Jeremy Lynn content. But no, I, I think you you um you've uh, you seen how hard it is and like how much time it takes to make you know podcasts and videos and stuff like that. So Um, For that second channel, I've barely made any videos because the first channel has taken up a lot of my time. But, you know, who knows, maybe um, in the future, um, I'll get back to that channel. But I've also had some other, you know, um, interesting like video endeavors I'm trying to do as well with other channels. So we'll see where those go to.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uploading three times a week, which is what you're doing right now, is a full time job, basically. And I am like I've been doing my podcast for a month and. I'm only uploading one episode a week, and that's already been a journey. So, <laughs> but it's- How long does it take for you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I spend about an hour, like recruiting or reaching out to guests and then like researching about them and kind of like thinking of questions I wanna ask. And then like the recording itself is probably um, as short as half an hour to an hour. And then the editing takes quite a bit of time because I have to listen to it at least three times. So once as I record, and then twice after I record, I finish editing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I
0: always like end up hearing like little glitches and like things I have to edit out after I've finished editing the whole thing. So I have to like start from scratch and then listen from top to bottom. But yeah, it's so um, together, altogether, I think it's four to five hours an episode. I'm hoping like I'm going to get better at this and so it'll like shave off some time. <laughs> yeah,
1: holy cow. That sounds like a lot, a lot of time, I think. Um, and, and also, do you upload mainly on like Spotify? Um, yeah. Do you, do you uh, upload on Apple too?
0: Yeah, I'm really happy to, that you asked this question. I get a lot of questions about this. I'm using this uh, platform called Anchor which is basically a YouTube for for podcasting. This is not a sponsor and by the way. (laughs) And so what you do is basically you just upload your file onto anchor, just like how you'd up, you would upload a video on YouTube. And then anchor automatically distributes the episode to various platforms, including Spotify, which is like now a parent company of anchor. Um, and then like Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, and like other smaller platforms. And I think it was really interesting because I found out recently that the founder of Anchor is an employee of Spotify, and he's also a Cornell alum. So that was so exciting. Um, He also has a co-founder. And so, yeah, it's been really nice. He has made it so easy for people like myself, small creators to upload their podcasts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, did did that answer your question?
1: Yeah. And also like on that, like, How's, um, you know, I, I think you said you're not doing it right now, but, you know, obviously in the future, how's like the monetization work, you know, with, yeah. um, you know, the, the podcast and stuff like that?
0: I would say it's similar to YouTube in that, you know, you have sponsorships embedded in your podcast. So like if you want to promote a company, service or product, they can reach out to you and make a partnership deal. And then you like talk about that in the middle of your podcast episode. And then another option is like obviously ads. So if you're listening on Spotify, there's going to be ads in between the episodes before and after as well. The thing about that is I'm sure in the States you have options to monetize in those two ways. But then for me, like I'm currently in Korea, even though my viewership like my biggest viewership comes from the US. I can't monetize through ads right now because like the platform doesn't support it yet for oh, that's um, weird, yeah. People outside the US. But I'm sure they'll expand because it only makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And um and then, you know, just oh yeah, sorry, what's up?
0: Oh yeah, I just wanted to say like I still have the option of working directly with companies, but like I'm just waiting to grow my audience demographic size and
1: yeah, no, that hundred percent Yeah,
0: what was your question?
1: Yeah, I was just curious, like, why did you decide to start with um, you know, making these kind of podcasts instead of making podcasts on YouTube? Cause I know a lot of people started um making their podcasts with YouTube. And obviously I think the um, you know, YouTube is able to push out um, you know, videos, which could, you know, in this case be podcasts as well, like a lot, I feel like easier than mm-hmm. if you just start from say scratch
0: yeah it's a good question i thought about it a lot um i thought about the different options of maybe creating video podcasts so that you know people can watch us record Um, i thought about just doing like audio podcasts on youtube um i think for me it's about like a combination of different factors so first i wanted to be a creator i wanted to do something of my own but I wasn't very comfortable, like, sharing my life or my face. (laughs) Oh, I feel that, yeah. Um, So YouTube wasn't really for me. Down the line, if I grow my podcast channel, there is a possibility that I'll grow it on to become, making it become a video podcast as well. But that's later in the future when I get more comfortable. So first, I wanted to, yeah, build comfort just talking to the mic which is like one less thing you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about video. So I just felt safe creating audio files. And then starting last year, I started listening to a lot of podcasts. And it has its own unique charm in that, you know, the episodes are typically a lot longer than YouTube videos. And yet people will stay tuned for the entire duration of it because, When they're listening to podcasts they're going on walks they're in their car uh, driving from somewhere to and from somewhere Mm -hmm. so i i said this in my first episode but there's like a greater depth of attention that you can draw from your audience with podcasts
1: i feel that yeah
0: yeah so yeah i just felt like this was my safe haven almost i'm not completely disregarding the possibility of going on youtube
1: Oh, yeah. No, 100% makes sense. Just taking like step by step, you know, as you get more comfortable, just like, you know, being behind the bike um, and stuff like that, then, you know, you know, just, uh, just take it by year. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you started your channel back in July of 2016. Actually, I scrolled down to the very first video last night that you posted. Oh. It, <laughs> it was titled something like 2017 NBA Playoff Seeding Predictions. And seating with a D. <laughs> Do you recall the process of creating this video?
1: Yeah. Um, that brings back a lot of memories. Just um the I don't know if you if you like clicked on it, watched it, but like I, I would literally just record using my iPhone, not using voice memo, no microphone or nothing. Just hold the hold the the phone at, of a picture of just like I, I'm pretty sure it's just a bunch of uh my rankings of the teams. And yeah, I mean, I remember I put like barely any effort in that. I was just just kind of like making stuff stuff up on the fly. Um, and yeah, I never really expected it to, you know, to get, you know, as big as I, as it is currently. But, um, you know, back then also it was, I did a lot for, you know, it was a lot of uh, more of a passion project too. Mm-hmm. Also um, with, I also had in mind that I was gonna make, you know, German content too. And I knew there's gonna be um, a niche there to grow. Um, but, you know, looking back that, that whole process was really simplified, really low quality. Um, and, you know, I, I still leave it up there just for, you know, uh, for memories, I, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting to see the evolution of your channel and how you've become this natural in front of the microphone. Like you, you were still great at talking back then, but now it's just like it's a stretch.
1: It's like, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, like, do you have a script when you create your videos or is it just?
1: Yeah. Um, your yeah, I'm definitely not not as... um smooth as I am in, in my videos, I do have a, a basic script where I have, you know, bullet points on topics I want to say, because um, if you don't have like uh, bullet points like that, I feel like you're gonna lose track of where you want the video to go. But um yeah, I mean, it's definitely not like a full on, you know, script, um, I used to have that for my earlier videos, but now I can just kind of ramble on a little bit on certain topics. But you know, I, th- I definitely think getting started, you should have a script to make sure your videos um, and it, it, you know, is more structured and you have, you know, a basically like a beginning, middle, end, and, and know where you want your video to go to.
0: Yeah, I definitely have a bulleted list of questions that I want to ask because I'm definitely going to forget if I don't and just let the conversation roll itself.
1: Yeah, no, I feel uh, that.
0: Yeah. And, but I feel like you're such a natural in just talking as well. Did you always have a naturally professional, like audio voice, or do you think that has also been developed over the years of you doing YouTube?
1: Well, I never got that compliment ever before. <laughs> but, but um, definitely not. I mean, like back in uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, I was pretty awkward um, just like just talking or like even just like, you know, going up to do a, a project or in class, like I'd stutter a lot. And I still do think like I have my fair share of like, uh, you know, like all those like um, filler words. But I do think, you know, once um, I started making the videos, Doing a bunch, you know, um, I I do like a couple every week. You get better just being able to be more smooth in front of the mic, in front of the camera, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it definitely was not, you know, very smooth at first, Mm
0: though. Yeah, uh, that's something I want to achieve. One of my goals of doing this podcast is to become a smoother talker, better public presenter. Yeah, (laughs) no, you're good though. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Now first, like when we talk when I talked about like your channel before I was scrolling through your earlier videos. And now looking at your recent videos, your channel seems to be predominantly about Los Angeles Lakers now. And so I wanted to ask if this was a natural pivot because you grew interest in their in the team? Or was it a strategic choice um, for your channel?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of like both ways. I do like the Lakers, and I do love you know watching um, uh, Lebron AD is also really fun to watch. And I do think they make a lot of splashy and big moves, so they're definitely one of my top favorite top five favorite teams. But it was also a strategic move as well because I used, you know my favorite team is the Brooklyn Nets, and um, you know even though they have KD Kyrie right now and, and Harden, um, they still for some reason don't get as many views as Laker video. Lakers videos do and, mm-hmm. you know, it goes for basically every other team as well. The only um, team that you can make videos on that are somewhat comparable to the Lakers videos are the warriors. So that's why I mainly just stick with uh, Lakers content, but I do try to um, throw in, you know, a couple other teams out there every, you know, five or so videos as well, just to not make it so, um, you know, mundane and just everything on the Lakers, but, you know, the Lakers are definitely my main focus right now. they have been doing well in general with the views. So. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of sticking with them for now. But, you know, if uh, another team becomes like, say, super popular soon, I'll definitely, you know, try to pivot a little more to that team as well.
0: So when you're making your prediction videos on players and teams, is it based on your collected uh, knowledge about basketball? Is it drawing from like external sources online?
1: Yeah, a lot of them are basically from my thoughts and my opinions on who should join the team and, and what kind of makes sense, but also you got to, you know, keep in, keep in mind what guys like Adrian Wojnarowski, I think I said his name right, Sham Sharnia, those, t- those two guys basically report on certain rumors and trades that happen around the NBA. So I definitely take into consideration what they say, um, and then I can make a video uh, based on their rumors as well. But I'd say like 60 to 70% of them are based on what I think makes sense and, and a good amount of them actually do end up um, coming to fruition. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a mixture there, too. And also another thing you could do is also go on, uh, you know, Reddit, other Lakers sites, see what other people are saying as well to see if it gives you like any ideas um, there, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of different sources you can get ideas from. But I think most of them just come from my like intuition of uh, certain players and certain uh, you know teams that will make sense.
0: hmm. I've uh, looked down into the comment section for some of your videos, and they're all super supportive, and people, like, agree with you most of the time. Most of the time, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't understand, like, the majority of what the video is about or what the comments are saying, because, like, the closest experience I had with basketball is probably high school PE class where we learned how to shoot. Or I was a cheerleader, so I cheerleaded for some games but like the knowledge you have is very surface level <laughs> so
1: yeah no i feel that and if you're not really like super into it i, I can see it you know getting kind of <laughs> kind of boring there too so yeah
0: i think it's super fun to watch but yeah it's just like which direction are the players going is it offense or defense is just about what i understand <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i will
1: say though like i i do think in general basketball is probably the most well, obviously, this is all my opinion, and I'm pretty biased because I have a channel on it, mm-hmm. but basketball is probably the most interesting sport because it's the most fast paced. Also, mm-hmm. well, I think compared to say, like, I went to a soccer game with one of my a couple of my friends, um, like two, three years ago,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: like, I felt so bad because like, I started sleeping midway. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to be like, you know, funny or mean or anything like that. It was just super uh, slow and boring. But uh, I definitely think basketball is like the exact opposite of that because you know, it's a high scoring game. I would say soccer, I think it's like, one or two goals or something like
0: that so mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah I had to be very vigilant every second because like we would be doing a defense chair and then all of a sudden we have to cut off the chair and then start offense or yeah yeah <laughs> but I
1: guess you yeah
0: it was a long time ago though and do you have a content calendar to keep track of all your content how long so, like,
1: ideas on, like why yeah. I'm stuff Yeah, I I don't, I just kind of, if I see like uh, something, an idea pops in my head or, you know, I see a rumor from one of those two guys that I mentioned before, I'll just make a video on the fly. But, you know, one thing I definitely um, learned that could be useful is like, you know, working with Viacom and Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. on their team, definitely have all their videos. They have like a whole like database, um, you know, you know, with uh, everything kind of just like, uh, you know, plan a video on a certain date, certain exact time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I definitely think if you're like a bigger media company, like a really big media company like that, um, it's important to have, you know, your stuff scheduled. So I, th- I feel like a lot of your viewers um know or kind of have a, you know, kind of have like a pattern on when to watch out for a video, while mine, on the other hand, is like, you know, pretty sporadic and stuff like that. So I, I mean, I, I think a lot of it, you know, whether you should have one or not really depends on the content you make and, you know, how big you are as well.
0: Mm, that makes sense so what did it mean for your channel like last year when the nba games were postponed were people thirsty for more content because they weren't getting it from the main channels or was it difficult for you to produce your videos according to maybe your plans
1: yeah for some reason like it absolutely sucked i mean first off there's like no content to to really make or talk about because you know there's no games being played and um i'm pretty sure teams couldn't make any trades as well during that time um and also um you know because of that there really wasn't any videos to make and it it also sucked because the cpms for that year like how much basically how much money you make per like thousand views or in that case that that can be you can use the the rpm stat as well but they were actually increasing with COVID. i think you know it could be because of two things one because of the, the new copa regulations that hit youtube in I want to say December, 2019 or January, 2020, where if you had, if you made kids content, um, you couldn't have targeted ads on your videos anymore and targeted ads are what makes, you know, what drives most of the ad revenue for your channel. So a lot of that, that revenue that was going to those, um, you know, those kids channels went to more, went to basically adult channels, like, uh, like what mine is Mm -hmm. so the CPMs were, were increasing, um, because you know, per thousand views and also Another thing is that because everyone was inside, I think a lot of companies were were trying to focus on you know digital ads, whether it be you know mid, pre-roll, mid-roll, and roll ads on YouTube, ads on IG, Facebook, and stuff like that. So um, it, it sucked that I really couldn't capitalize on those increased CPMS during that time. But you know once the NBA season did come back, the views did also come back as well. And also during COVID, I I got started with another um, business that I have where I basically sell. Pokemon cards. Wow. And that, yeah, and It sounds super lame, but it's actually more lucrative than uh, my uh, YouTube channel at this point. So that's definitely one of my uh, other businesses and you know hobbies I do have on the side as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you trying to um, maybe create leads from your channel to that business? Is there a way you promote it on your channel or to your viewers?
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about that, trying to come up with a, a strategy that doesn't make it so like random and just, you know, like stagnates the video, if if that makes any sense, Um, but I haven't done it yet um, and I'm not expecting once I do do it for my viewers to actually buy stuff because, you know, uh, looking at my demographics, most of the people who watch my videos are in like that 20 to 30 age range and I'm sure they're not, you know, looking to buy Pokemon cards, but who knows, maybe like one or two, you know, people who are like feeling nostalgic or something like that um, see it and then they go like buy a couple packs and stuff like that. So I mean, you know, any advertising there, you know, is always going to be helpful. In that okay. case, I'm not trying to pay a lot of money, through, you know, like, <laughs> for that, because then, you know, it really cuts into your, your margins there.
0: Mm-hmm. I also read in your bio or your LinkedIn that your channel has been offered various partnerships and sponsorships with the NBA, CBS Sports and so on. What kind of partnerships are these? And is that, has that been a long term goal of yours for the channel?
1: Yeah. So a keyword there is like offered some. Some of them I did take some of them. I didn't, I don't want to go too into detail on what the specific offer was, but with, um, you know, for example, for DraftKings, I accepted that one. And it's basically for that one. I, I had to just shout them out, shout out, um, the deal that they were, uh, promoting, um, you know, for a certain amount of, uh, money. And that was definitely fun. I've also gotten offers from, you know, um, CBS sports in that case, it was going to be promoting their, um, uh, they basically have like us sports, like. Kind of gambling site that's similar to DraftKings there and with the nba it was more of a partnership deal where um i could use some of their highlight clips um in my videos um in exchange in exchange i give them you know a percentage of my ad revenue and just you know doing some number crunching and stuff like that it really didn't make too much sense but i'm definitely open in the future to potentially uh, partnering with them again um if you know when the time's right and when, and when it makes sense um, but for now like for a lot of my videos i don't actually have like um nba like you know in-game highlight clips a lot of them are just workout clips so um you know i, I don't want to get you know copyright claim by you know uh, the nba or something like that which obviously that ends up um giving them all of my ad, re- ad revenue from you know uh, the videos
0: yeah that makes sense because i've always wondered how you were getting like clearance for your footages you use like live clips from the games and whitelisting is always an important part of running a successful channel.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah.
0: And speaking of growth in your channel, was there a moment or a period that you can pinpoint that you saw exponential growth or has it always been constantly upward?
1: Yeah, for like a quick breakdown, um, when I first made Jeremy Lin and Brooklyn Nets videos, um, I think I in a year I hit about a thousand subscribers and like 200k views, something along the lines of that. Um, and it wasn't too, you know, crazy, but you know, just seeing it grow at that point was, you know, super, super cool. And it was awesome. Um, but then when I, I remember the, the exact month, actually, it was like January, 2018 slash February, 2018. At that point, that's when I started making videos on the calves when LeBron was on the team and, you know, LeBron has a lot of fans, a lot of interest on whichever team he's on. So once I started making Cavs videos. Um a lot of them start getting like hundreds of thousands of views, which was super crazy back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started to see my channel you know really take off. but with uh, w- with the channel and the mass of subscribers and views it gets, it's really um it's really based on like certain periods of time where it really grows. For me, it's mainly during the playoffs, the trade deadline, and also during free agency where there's a lot of nBA news. um besides those months, it can get pretty mundane, and that's why you know I really try to focus now on making, um, you know, finding other revenue streams. And I think that's super important, you know, after, you know, after college and you, I think what, what, what COVID really showed was, you know, anyone can unfortunately like lose their job just like that. And it's always good to have, you know, backup, you know, or first a savings account, you know, always have, you know, some money saved up, but also have other revenue streams to make sure you're, you're not going to be, you know, super reliant on just, you know, one job or, or one business or something like that.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because part of the reason why I started this podcast was it wasn't my plan to create a revenue stream right now, but I do see this as a possibility of when I grow it a few years down the line, this could become one of my income streams. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, as you know, um, your podcast continues to grow, you know, you can definitely make a lot of money. I heard a lot of people make a ton of money from Especially those um those shout outs, not necessarily those pre roll, mid roll and roll ads during the podcast, but like when you know, these companies actually reach out to you to to shout it out, you can make like a ton of money. they mm-hmm. you know, just for, like a, a quick like twenty second clip.
0: <laughs> yeah. I knew like last time we spoke, which was last year, you said you wanted to focus more on your channel and it seems like you've been doing that and doing a great job at it. Um and, and then you mentioned <laughs> Yeah, of course. You mentioned like your want of, of focusing on your channel even out of college, do you see the possibility of growing a team for the channel hiring people to help you out?
1: yeah if it gets big enough for sure, I'll definitely look into it but um right now, the amount of revenue I make from the channel it really doesn't make sense to to hire someone like that because I know <laughs> kind cut, of, you know significant significantly it's my margins but um you know I definitely think um, I can handle the the amount of you know work it takes right now because I've really gotten the uh, whole process down to like you know uh like maybe like an hour hour and a half for most of my videos so it's like super quick um and you know i it, it still affords me some time to focus on on other things as well so um yeah i mean we'll, we'll see in the future but uh if it gets to like say like a million million subscribers or something like that i'll, I'll definitely be uh, open to that for sure i've
0: listened to like really big big podcast hosts like Pat Flynn or bigger like Joe Rogan and I mean they started from scratch started on their own but now they have a whole crew of writers and producers and editors and so they just can dip out once they finish the recording and if I can do that sometime far away in the future that'd be really cool
1: (laughs) yeah and at that point you just have to you know get get on the mic and then maybe do like a couple quick notes and then Everyone else will handle that, uh, you know, there was probably like a couple hours of no editing and stuff like that, which is, you know, pain in the butt for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you're uploading three times a week. And I just had to ask, it can't be easy because like I said, producing one episode has been a process for me. So how do you keep going? Is there a secret or a tip?
1: I mean, I definitely think in the beginning, it was super hard to upload a lot because I think like a lot of like youtubers or or people who make podcasts as well um they experience burnout yeah Mm -hmm. they they experience basically burnout um pretty quickly and i remember at one point during the off season i was uploading like maybe like literally a video a day for a couple weeks and i got super burned out and i was just like Mm -hmm. sick of you know uploading even though i love you know making the scripts um getting on the mic and you know the whole creative aspect of it it was just super hard doing it every day and along with you know your other internships um school obviously um, it can become really hard. So just finding like a, you know, a balance to it makes it a lot easier. Um, and not putting so much pressure to get a video out, you know, like this second or stuff like that, obviously, um, for, for my kind of content, um, during certain times, you kind of do have to get that video out just to make sure you have the, like that first mover advantage in terms of news and content. But, um, you know, I definitely feel like in your case for, for your podcast, um, you know, just being steady, I think you're at a good pace right now, just like once a week, or maybe even just like once every two weeks um, is definitely, uh, you know, going to ensure that you won't get super burned out and, you know, get get sick and tired of it, you know, pretty quickly.
0: (laughs) Do you have like an inventory of episodes so that like maybe one day you're sick or you're super overwhelmed with your other tasks that you can just upload, uh, you have something ready to be uploaded?
1: I I wish, but (laughs) you know, once I, I make that first video, I just get, you know, I like super tired. I upload it and then I'm just done until the the next video. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I definitely that that is a good idea though, just to make like say like three to four videos in one shot in one day, and then just like um upload it uh, sporadically. You know, that that's mm-hmm. that's definitely a good move for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, do you have a standard on how recent your videos, like up to date, your videos have to be? Because you mentioned the importance of being able to stay on top of the news.
1: Um. Yeah, for for my channel has to be pretty recent because most of my videos are basically just like up to date with certain news, um, rumors and stuff like that. But, you know, back then, um, I actually used to make content um, talking about like past players, um, like former NBA stars, like what happened to their careers and stuff like that. Um, And but but now, like I just focus mainly on like the newer stuff because those older kind of videos, it can be pretty sporadic in terms of uh, the views and interest because with the YouTube algorithm. You know when people are looking for a certain player a certain team or topic um you know youtube's gonna promote your video if you made a, a video on that topic but if, if your video is kind of just like you know the topic's kind of random or, or old they're not necessarily gonna promote it as much because um you know people aren't necessarily looking for that certain you know in my case player or, or team
0: yeah that's something i've always been thinking about with my episodes because i want to find the right balance between staying current which is naturally going to occur because like whatever happens in the news is going to grab my attention. And so I'm going to want to talk to people related in that vertical. But also like I want this to be not so disposable that after two weeks that it's been since the episode has been up, it's no longer worth listening to. I want this to be a little like timeless too. And so it's a constant juggle of figuring out where I want to lie within that spectrum
1: yeah i'm just curious now so like in terms of the people you look for to get on your podcast do you have like a certain um you know are you looking for like a certain kind of background or could just be like something that's like uh, something about that person is just like interesting or something you know that uh that will be like fun to talk about
0: i think it's a combination of both i don't have a hard and fast rule about the guests that i bring in but it's either they had they did something extraordinary But, you know, a lot of big podcasts already interview like really awesome CEOs and really cool people. But I wanted to catch them, these cool people in their earlier stages of career, because then I can be like the first person who ever interviewed that person who will later become like world leaders. But also it's cool to see for myself and also people my age that, you know, they once had a career in their earlier days where they started small and i wanted to catch them in that phase yeah and Also, like i'm hoping to expand so that i can talk to people after so like after they've built a successful business or had a big leadership position and they're transitioning out of that position like that doesn't mean like their life has to be over so like i want to see what values have changed for them and like what they are planning for the rest of their lives after that success
1: yeah no i definitely get what you're saying i think that's that's a super uh, you know interesting concept because like, I think a lot of people, when people see the CEOs of say like Goldman Sachs or something like that, they think they just made it made like that, that guy or, or girl just made it, um, made it to the top like that. But you know people don't really see, um, you know, the beginnings of it and like how he or she, you know, struggled back then or, you know, where, um, he or she was at, you know, once they were like, you know, 20 or 20 years old or something like that. So it'd be super interesting or fun to see in like 30 years, if you interview someone who's like, um, just a kid right now. But then in like 30 years it's like some like media giant or some you know or like ceo of like a big bank or something like that so you know, that would be super cool
0: mm-hmm. and i'm really happy that i have this platform now because like there were people in college um that i didn't really know very well but i really wanted to talk to because like i thought their story was interesting or their project was super awesome but it was just kind of weird to go up to them and be like hey like can we talk um but now i have a podcast so i can say hey like can we talk on my podcast and you can be my guest so super cool excuse <laughs> i get to talk to people i want like yourself
1: oh, thanks <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. i'm just
1: like curious like building on that um so like for for the people you find do you think like some of the ones you're looking at you just like cold reach on say like linkedin or something like that or is it mainly you know people you've talked to before and you've already built you know, um, uh some sort of relationship or connection with
0: definitely both um i just the first few episodes have been some of my closest friends because there was no reputation or anything about no information about this podcast that i knew like strangers weren't going to be readily available to to talk to me but now like i've been reaching out to some people that i've never talked to but i make sure that i have at least Something that connects us, whether they are an alumni or I'm super, super, super passionate or more knowledgeable in that industry than others. So, like that, I have something meaningful to say in my email when I reach out to them. But usually, it's LinkedIn because, like, I don't have access to all the emails. And I would say that because I just started the po- the podcast, I do get less uh, responses when I reach out to strangers, but. I do once in a while like pick up a yes. So that's enough for me to go on.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, as time goes on, as you, you build a a bigger audience and stuff like that, people are definitely gonna, you know, wanna hop on. And I'm just curious, wait, does um her podcast, do they have subscribers or like or is it just called like they just count the amount of, you know, listens they have?
0: Going on my platform because I kind of forgot, but I think usually you talk about listenership, so like the number of listens or plays, and then you also have like downloads, which people will download so they can listen without Wi Fi. Yeah, when I go on my Anchor platform, it tells me the total plays, estimated audience per episode, and then it gives you like a little bit of analytics too, so like your performance over the week or month and then audience demographics so like geographic regions um, which platforms so like which platforms as in like spotify apple Podcasts, where are they tuning in from and then also like age brackets and gender so it's always interesting to see like who is attracted to what episode and what the ages are like because i expected it to be mostly like college students but i'm getting a lot of audience traction from people older than me. So nice to know that I am creating value for them too.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's super interesting um, to see like that, that the fact that it's like, you know, not people our age, you know, are watching our, our kind of video. So hmm.
0: did looking at your audience demographic for the channel help you, give you an idea of running your second business with the Pokemon cards too?
1: No, but I, I will say, you know, looking at the demographics is super helpful um, because back when it back in 2018, I remember seeing my demographics. Most of my audience is either from the U S or the Philippines. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I noticed like a lot of, you know, people from the Philippines love watching basketball It's like super big passion there. And, um, there's actually this player named Kai Soto who's, you know, he, he's going to be a beast. I think he, he will make the NBA. He's like seven two um and you know has a lot of skills but like that's besides the point um I actually because i saw i had a lot of you know viewers from the philippines i decided to make a video on kai soto because you know he's a he's a filipino um and you know he has a lot of uh you know fans uh, from there so i basically made a couple of videos on him they ended up getting like hundreds of thousands of views um and you know it was uh the videos were pre- pretty well received wow. um and yeah it just shows you like. You know, um, in, in this case, playing around with the uh, you know looking at your demographics and um, you know making a strategic uh, you know video or, or, in your case, in the future, it'd be like a podcast geared towards a uh, certain demographic or geographic uh, location, and it could definitely be useful in, in trying to you know get your your listeners or you know subscribers up there because you know even if one person just came to watch, um, or say you know three hundred thousand people. Saw one of my videos on Kai Soto. It could be like a hundred or two hundred people subscribe and stay on my channel for general and big content as well. So um, yeah, I definitely think using you know demographics or uh, you know stuff like that could be useful in uh, helping to really grow your channel or podcast.
0: Mm -hmm. and you talked about thinking of changing the channel name do you want to promote yourself more and create an online presence around you or do you want to keep the focus on what what the nature of the channel which is basketball and the t-ball
1: yeah the only reason why I thought about like changing my name was because of how 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 many people get I think like (laughs) 80-90% who see the the channel say like that ball um, <laughs> but um yeah that's that's mainly the only reason why I, I change it i mean personally like i don't really care too much like if um you know to build a brand around my name or my face or something like that because um you know i I'd rather not like get like you know say it becomes like super big um you know i'd rather not get like randomly recognized you know in public i feel like that would be a little weird but you know teach their own though
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's part of the reason why I named my show Brainchild and I didn't put my face on it, which a lot of hosts put their faces on there, but they're usually public figures already, so people recognize them, and so they have a reason. Like, oh, I know her. Like, I'm going to listen to whatever she has to say, whereas, like, I'm not known at all. So it was more important for me to get the idea and the theme of the show across my podcast art a name
1: yeah exactly (laughs) but say in the future like if um you make like a, you do something big in like a certain industry or field and get you know uh famous in that field for for what you you did then i think it could be useful like like basically what um uh you were like alluding to just like using your name and your face um to actually uh help drive traffic you know to your podcast or channel or you know whatever be it at that point
0: yeah for sure i think it'd be really cool to have like the accessibility of doing both. So something that is directly linked to your personal brand, but also like something a little detached from it. So you have like a different pool of audience and you can tell different stories. Yeah, I know. 100 Yeah. And then you mentioned your internship with Viacom, which is what you did last year, right?
1: Yeah. So those guys are all so amazing. I, I love the whole team I, I've been working with. Um, I've worked with them um, last summer, and also my internship got extended into the fall of um, fall 2020 as well. And then I got another offer to come back um, for this spring, so I'm working with them right now. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a blast, um, you know, working with the Nickelodeon YouTube team. I've been mm-hmm. able to utilize you know a lot of my um, skills that I've uh, gained over the past you know four years now uh, with my own YouTube channel. Um, and also just using general like data and analytic skills um, to help, you know, with, uh, you know, certain projects I've been working with there as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's been super amazing there and I definitely would love to, you know, uh, go back full time if, uh, you know, there is space on the team. Um, and yeah, it's just like that, that whole, um, the whole vibe there, just, it's just awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure your experience as a YouTube creator really helped the team with their production. Um, was there anything in return that you learned during the internship that helped you with your knowledge about perhaps like linear TV or new media or running your own channel?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think um, like two main things. One was learning more about the back end of YouTube. Um, I always look at my analytics, like the, the amount of views I get, you know, per year, per month, per week, per day, whatever. Also like CPMs, RPMs. Um, but, you know, I really didn't look too much into, you know, CTRs or click through rates, um, seeing what, you know, how that correlates with certain thumbnails and, you know, obviously it leads to views. Um, and also looking at, you know, just, uh, how to construct live streams. And I, I still have never constructed a live stream, which I do plan to do in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, I think those are like some, some pretty cool things, you know, I've learned about YouTube that I didn't know, you know, coming in and also I've been able to. Uh, talk to some other people from different teams in Viacom. Uh, for example, I talked to some uh, to the uh, VP of e-commerce uh, to get some more insight about you know how to really uh, find success in um, that kind of field. I'm not sure if he wants to be named or not, so um, I won't say. But he he was a super awesome guy, um, and yeah, just just being able to meet a lot of different people, not necessarily in um the nickelodeon youtube field but just in viacom and the company as a whole has been you know just uh such a privilege and uh you know just so awesome
0: wow sounds like a wonderful experience yeah so i guess your full your short-term goal is then to join a media company or viacom do you have any like long-term plans after college
1: yeah i think right now um like you said i would love to you know return and work or just like work in uh, marketing or media because I feel like that's where a lot of my my uh, current skills lie but actually um this upcoming summer I have a finance internship so we're gonna see how that goes um if it ends up being uh you know good I'll definitely you know take a look into some more finance related jobs as well but you know media marketing is definitely my main passion and also I definitely hope to continue making uh you know basketball videos as well as a secondary source of income also making um you know um focusing on my Pokemon business as well for, you know, uh, another stream of income, but I do want to find like one or two more, um, you know, sources of revenue, uh, for, for like, you know, even greater, you know, stability. Um, and one thing I don't know if, if you're really into this, but I got like super into investing over like in 2019. And if you just like sell like covered calls on your shares or cash secured puts, you can definitely make a consistent amount of money every you know, week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I definitely want to make like one more big business. But we'll see what happens. You know, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh it's a lot going on right now, and I I'm just hoping I'm just taking like you know day by day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a lot of my classes, I've been getting a lot of guest lectures who are entrepreneurs, and then just talking to entrepreneurial pe- people on my podcast. I've been very inspired, and I was telling my dad, you know, like the this person dropped out of Harvard like three months before graduating, so like maybe that's an option for me. And then we just laugh. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: so crazy. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, I never really thought about running a business in the near future. I always thought I have to like go to grad school, I have to have like five, seven years of experience under my belt before I start something. But looking at you and like looking at my friends, you can start now. There's no reason to hold back. Yeah, no, 100%. A great passion. Yeah. So I'm gonna have I'm going to have to have you back on the show sometime in the future to update us on what else you've been doing. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) And then, yeah, let me know when you're doing your live stream. I think it's always interesting, a different type of content, getting real-time response from your subscribers. And I'll pop in to say hello. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was all the questions I had. I wasn't expecting like all the questions to me. Um, <laughs> I think it's the first episode where I had um, the other person ask a lot of questions, but thank you for your great questions. Made me think a lot about like what I've been doing with my podcast as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was definitely fun, you know, to obviously like get some of, you know, your perspective on, you know, obviously you're doing something in, in media as well, and it's uh, a different, uh, you know, uh, avenue there. So it was definitely uh, you know, really good to get some insight okay
0: well thank you so much and let me know if you have any other questions about podcasts if you want to start your own i can help you
1: yeah for sure let's (laughs) uh catch up again soon
0: yeah okay thank you so much thomas
1: yeah no problem all right talk to you soon
0: have a great night
1: you too see you